Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, December 9th. Happy International Anti-Corruption Day, which was started by the UN to combat governmental corruption, which I almost couldn't say with a straight face, because it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi said, nowhere will you find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. The fact that they only oppose corruption one day out of the year ought to be a clue. But let's talk about something cooler, llamas because today is also National Llama Day, which are camelids that are closely related to alpacas, vicuñas, and guanaco. Together, these four animals are known as llamoids, and llama babies are called cria. And that's a whole lot of words I never heard for this here episode. So let me see if I can break this down. Llamas are these South American critters about six feet tall that look like a cross between a donkey and a goat. Shorter ones are called alpacas. Then there's vicuñas, and the little bitty ones are called guanacos. They're a type of ungulate, which means they have hooves, and the way they're designed, it's like they're walking around on their tippy toes all the time, like horses. Which I guess explains why horses are so high strung. Wouldn't you be? They're pretty handy critters. They make great pack animals, they love being up in the mountains, and they give wool. On the downside, they have this really high-pitched scream, and they'll spit on you to assert dominance. Which, I mean, Same. They're even used as therapy animals. So when you're flying home for Christmas this year and you got some tweaky looking blue haired fella sitting next to you in coach in a feminist t-shirt who probably never touched a barbell or a hammer his whole life and he's cuddling up to a screaming, spitting goat donkey thing, well now you know why. Our reading for today is Joel 1, 1 through 321, Revelation 1, 1 through 20, Psalm 128, 1 through 6, and Proverbs 29:18. So if y'all are ready, and hey, if y'all are wondering what to get me for Christmas, well, there you go. Because mailing a llama to my local UPS store would be literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. Send me two and I'll breed them. My neighbors will love that. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday, on December 8th in the Old Testament, we read Hosea 10.1 through 14.9. That's the last five short little chapters. It's still on the same subject. And he starts out by comparing Israel to a fruitful vine, but corrupted by their own prosperity. And that's what happens when things are going good. Instead of being grateful to God, we tend to think we don't need him anymore. And now their heart is divided, as in they wish to serve God and mammon, Jehovah and Baal, like the cake not turned that we talked about yesterday. Thus, judgment springeth up as hemlock in the furrows of the field, which is something you do not want. Hemlock is poison, and you don't want it mixed in with food crops. And he's saying bad judgment's coming, like Samaria getting carried away to Assyria, because they worship calves of Bethaven. So he's going to tear down the high places of Avon, which is Bethaven. The next few verses use a lot of animal husbandry images to illustrate, basically, that they've sowed unrighteous crops and now need to pray to reap mercy. In chapter 11, God says he loved Israel as a child, but that child rebelled and sacrificed unto Balaam. So forget going back to Egypt. The sword shall abide on his cities. And verse 9 says, God says we will not destroy Ephraim, even if y'all deserve it. For I am God and not man. Instead, he'll bring them back and he'll roar like a lion and they'll tremble like a bird. In chapter 12, he starts out talking about Israel in terms of Jacob. He says he took his brother by the heel in the womb, which is what Jacob means, heel catcher. 
And that's kind of a derogatory thing to say. Like he's always ready to cheat somebody, which he did. He cheated his brother out of his birthright and his blessing. Then verse 4, he says, Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed, which is what Israel means, means wrestles with God, which is why God changed his name to that. And it seems like that character trait of always wanting to get over on somebody is part of what Israel is being punished for now. Because in verse 7, he says, He is a merchant. The balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. And verse 10 is interesting. It says, I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. And similitudes are like symbols and metaphors and allegories and stuff. And people want to argue about whether you're supposed to take the Bible literally or not. And you are, but not the way the literalists mean it. God uses metaphors all the time. Like when it says God will shelter us under his wings, that doesn't literally mean God has feathers. If he does, then I can't see how we were created in his image. But he will literally protect us like a mother hen if we let him. Likewise, Christ is not literally a lamb that we slaughter at Passover. Neither is that lamb literally Christ. The lamb represents Christ. Christ was literally slaughtered to save us from death, just like the Passover lamb was. But they're not the same thing. The real meaning that is represented by the metaphor is to be taken literally. But almost everything in the Old Testament is some kind of shadow or another of Christ. What God is saying specifically here in this verse is, He's told you what the deal is in as many different ways as He can. Or as is necessary probably would be more accurate. But y'all still want to wander off the reservation. So now I gotta whip you. And in chapter 13, verse 1 says, When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. Fear of God leads to prosperity, but sin to ruin. And now they sin more and more. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud, as the early dew that passeth away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. In verse 6, Because they were wealthy and prosperous, their heart was exalted. Therefore they have forgotten me. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. It's y'all's own fault, but all you gotta do is return to me. But you ain't gonna unless I whip you, so get ready. And then chapter 14, God, or maybe Hosea, I'm not sure, is begging Israel to come back. Says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God. Then I will heal their backsliding, I will love them freely. Israel's branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree. And he sums up the whole book by saying, The ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. It's time to seek the Lord, so if we haven't been seeking the Lord... We have some fallow, unattended, unoccupied ground to prepare for sowing to ourselves in righteousness and reap mercy. And God says, this kind of gets me. God says, my heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together, but I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not destroy them. Hosea, salvation is on the scene. Salvation is on the heart of God. And then in the New Testament, we read Jude 1, 1 1-25. And this is another one-chapter book. And Jude was the half-brother of Jesus and the brother of James, who, along with the rest of his siblings, didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. They all thought he was crazy. Then he came back from the dead, and they had to rethink some things. Mm -hmm. And Jude does not identify himself as a brother of Jesus. The commentaries say, out of humility and reverence for Christ, and I think maybe a little shame for not believing in him in the first place. But the book of Jude was written somewhere around A.D. 60 to 80, and it's similar to Second Peter. 
and the commentaries argue about the date of authorship for Jude, depending on whether Jude quoted from 2 Peter or Peter used content from Jude. But in verse 4, he starts out warning about ungodly men in the church that crept in unawares, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 6 is interesting. He says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, and fell to earth to somehow breed with humans and animals too, probably, to create the Nephilim that the flood wiped out, is what he's talking about. And he assumes whoever is reading this will know that. Jude says, God hath reserved these jokers in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. These angels are in hell. Which is interesting, because not all the fallen angels are in hell. Satan's not. He's still on the job, getting called into the throne room and whatnot. So I'm assuming he's not the only one, and only the ones that were involved in that Nephilim nastiness are in hell now. So why? And where were the other ones while all that was going on? I'm made of questions about this. And in the very next verse, he refers to Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And everybody thinks Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed because of homosexuality. And maybe, but the fact that this is paired with that last verse about the angels makes some people think there was more to it than just that. Like they might have been trying to bring back the Nephilim or something. Because number one, there's always been gay people, so why just destroy Sodom? And B, gay people are not strange flesh. They're just regular people like the rest of us. There's nothing special about them. And third, the Sodomites wanted to mess with the two angels that were sent in to get Lot out and passed up on the daughters he offered instead, as if angels can't take care of themselves. But they knew who these angels were. But that's not his point. He's just using that as an example because his readers would know all that already and catch his reference. His point is, likewise, also these filthy dreamers, these false teachers and their followers are every bit as bad as the fallen angels. They defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities, which is harsh. In fact, they're even worse. Because even Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Okay, number one, what? When did that happen? When was Michael fighting with the devil over the body of Moses? And why are we just hearing about this now? Obviously, Jude's readers knew some stuff we don't anymore. But his point is, even Michael didn't pass judgment on him or accuse him or talk bad about him, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. He's saying people are way more arrogant even than angels and speak evil of those things which they know not, which is a little disconcerting. He says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you. So don't even eat with these people. In verse 14, he refers to the book of Enoch, which says the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And you can read the book of Enoch if you want to. It's apocryphal, meaning it's not part of the scripture, so it's not considered inspired, but it might be good for the history. And I have yet to read the whole thing, but there is some wild stuff in there, especially about the Nephilim. But he says, Beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Like Peter said, which makes me think Peter wrote his book first. He says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion, and try to get them saved that way. 
and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, which is the two main types of preachers you get, the fire and brimstone types and the don't worry be happy types. Both have their value, and here Jude validates both of them. Okay, so Jude is writing to encourage the church to contend for the faith in light of the scoffers, the unbelievers that slip in unnoticed. Jude says, notice them and contend for the faith with them. Have compassion with some and others snatch from the flames of hell. And then in verse 8, so just like Sodom and Gomorrah, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. They corrupt themselves with things that they know naturally, acting like animals in their choices. Reading the Bible renews our natural mind, so it can't corrupt us, or it won't. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 127, 1-5. That's a song of degrees for Solomon. And the idea is, unless God blesses whatever it is that you're doing, don't expect any prosperity. And also, children are a blessing from the Lord. And I think the idea is that God makes some people wealthy in family, if not always wealthy in material wealth. Because a lot of kids will protect you from stuff later on, like they'll take care of you in your old age and stuff. So happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. So, faith rest. Unless the Lord builds the house and guards it, our labor to do either is in vain. It's empty. It's worthless. God even gives us sleep. And children are a gift from the Lord, and it's better to have them in our youth and start early to get a quiver full. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 29, 15 through 17. And these three go together. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increaseth, but the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. And basically he's saying you got to do a good job raising your kids, or they'll end up wicked and fall in their transgressions. An undisciplined child is one left to himself, left to his own devices, and will bring shame to himself and his family. I mean, he has no moral code. And the last thing a parent wants to do is multiply wickedness in the earth. So correct that child, and he will be a joy to you and others. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 9th is Joel 1.1-3.21. through The Book of Joel The word of the Lord that came to Joel the son of Pethuel. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep, and howl, all ye drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation is come up upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my vine waste, and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean, bare, and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests, the Lord's ministers, mourn. The field is wasted, the land mourneth for the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen, howl, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. 
The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Gird yourselves and lament, ye priests. Howl, ye ministers of the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering and the drink offering is withholden from the house of your God. Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God, and cry unto the Lord, Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Is not the meat cut off before our eyes? Yea, joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seed is rotten under their clods. The garners are laid desolate. The barns are broken down, for the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed, because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. O Lord, to thee will I cry. For the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame hath burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field cry also unto thee. For the rivers of waters are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Chapter 2 Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent, and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber, and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land, and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. 
but I will remove far off from you the northern army, and will drive him into a land barren and desolate, with his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up, and his ill savor shall come up, because he hath done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. And I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Chapter 3 For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations, and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And they have cast lots for my people, and have given a boy for an harlot, and sold a girl for wine, that they might drink. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? Will ye render me a recompense? And if ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because ye have taken my silver and my gold, and have carried into your temples by goodly pleasant things. The children also of Judah, and the children of Jerusalem, have ye sold unto the Grecians that ye might remove them far from their border. Behold, I will raise them out of the place whither ye have sold them, and will return your recompense upon your own head. And I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the children of Judah, and they shall sell them to the Sabaeans, to a people far off, for the Lord hath spoken it. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the fats overflow. For their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion, and utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people, and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her any more. 
And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters. And a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord, and shall water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness, for the violence against the children of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever, and Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion. And our reading in the New Testament for December 9th is Revelation 1, 1-20. The Book of Revelation The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him, to shew unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother, and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom, and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive for evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And our reading in Psalms for December 9th is Psalm 128, 1-6. A Song of Degrees Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. 
Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. And our reading in Proverbs for December 9th is Proverbs 29:18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And that'll do it for the ninth. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Matthew 5, 8, which says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on being holy for the Lord, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, we desire to be holy in heart. We want our motives and principles to be pure, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And a good man from the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good. The world would have us believe that blessed are the impure pleasure seekers, because they see a good time. But we know there is no time so good that it compares to the greatness of knowing you, Lord. Help us to guard our hearts, Father, so we may forever walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody out there listening and let this podcast be a blessing to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. If you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring for the tree, but... Whew, that was a pretty good run, but you throw in one comma and it derails the whole show.